Hi there! You're about to listen to a vintage episode of the Under the Microscope podcast. While the content is still as relevant and as interesting as when it was recorded, our webpage has changed. You can now find us at thesciencetalk.com slash real-scientist-nano. Welcome to Under the Microscope. This series is brought to you by the Real Scientists Nano team. Our goal is to provide a platform where scientists can communicate their work and interact with the public. With that in mind, every week we introduce you to a scientist working in the field of materials and nanoscience, who would be curating the RealSci underscore nano Twitter account. Today we have with us Siva Shakti, who is a PhD candidate at the Indian Institute of Science, uh, Education and Research in Trivandrum, uh, which is in the south of India. Hi Siva, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, hi Pranoti, thank you for having me uh, and uh, and letting me curate Real Scientist for the next week. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. All right, let's let's begin by understanding your journey in science. So could you shed some light on how did you end up in your current research field? Okay, as a kid, I've been really fascinated by the world of light. I mean, anyone would be, right? Like, be mm-hmm. it rainbows or be it the halo around the moon, anyone would be fascinated by that. It all started like that. And then the first experimental tool that I really had was a ball lens, which is basically a glass ball. Okay. And like every kid, I was a bit naughty. So all I did was uh, take the ball lens, focus the sunlight onto different media and burn them. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But then the curiosity continued and then I, after my uh, schooling, I opted for a bachelor's program in physics. Uh, Mm -hmm. So there, uh, one of the projects that I worked on was completely based on optics. So Mm -hmm. uh, we had to create an artificial rainbow in the laboratory using a drop of water. And we had to work in a dark room. So basically it was just uh, me and two of my friends in a completely dark room. And then we had to suspend a small drop of water from a syringe. And then uh, we had to light it using a a beam of light, you know, white light. And this beam of white light we had to make from the door. We had to make a small hole on the door and then focus this white light onto the water droplet and create the rainbow. It took months. But then the process of understanding the physics behind how the light gets, you know, diffracted inside that and get dispersed inside that was all the more fascinating. And then I fell more and more in love with uh, physics. I would say I actually fell in love with physics and but uh, optics was a major attraction, mostly because of the colors. That's the (laughs) real (laughs) story. And then following that, I uh, pursued a master's program in physics uh, from Pondicherry. University, another yeah. university in the south of India, uh, wherein I specialized in laser science. But mm-hmm. over there, I did not uh, get the opportunity to play with stuff because I was a theoretical science student. So, right. but uh, one of my supervisors, who was my project supervisor, he was the one who motivated me to look at a certain class of materials called metamaterials. Right. Uh, Like, for example, if you take glass, glass is a positive index material. Its refractive index is 1.5. 
Mm-hmm. But there are materials which have a refractive index, negative refractive index. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they show uh, amazing properties. They show really fantastic properties because of their uh, geometric structure in itself. Mm-hmm. So uh, that prompted me to, you know, further pursue an education in uh, laser science and uh, optics and all that. So in 2014, I joined uh, the PhD program at uh, Indian Institute of Science, Education and Research in Trivandrum, wherein uh, I started working in microwave photonics. But to my surprise, I got to work in the mid-infrared regime, wherein the light is actually, uh, you know, invisible. (laughs) So my dream of playing with colors stopped there. But then the physics is still fascinating, so I'm still continuing with that. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. You've you've had a very, uh, very interesting journey so far. Wonderful. So, um, could you could you tell us in this big picture of materials or nanoscience, where does your current research fall? Where does it fit in this big puzzle? Okay, that's actually a tricky question uh, because I actually don't work in nanoscience or material science. But uh, the results of my experiment or the principles that come out of my experiments or uh, the theoretical calculations that I do uh, find applications in nanoscience and material science. Okay. Okay. Uh, So as I mentioned, I work in the area of microwave photonics and I do proof of concept experiments. And uh, if the concepts really work, for example, uh, if I have to find the frequency of a microwave signal, what I do is I take the signal into the mid-infrared regime. Right. Right. And then in the mid-infrared regime, I don't have to calculate the frequency of the signal. Instead, it's enough if I actually calculate the amplitude of the signal. These are two different properties, right? Frequency and amplitude. Calculating the frequency is always a tougher task because you require uh, devices that are bigger, cumbersome, and then they are prone to electromagnetic interference and so on. But instead, if you want to calculate amplitude, it is enough if you can just uh, take a very small photo detector and do the calculation. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we take it to the uh, mid-infrared regime and then calculate the amplitude and then match each of the frequency with a certain amplitude. Okay. Right. Through what is called as an amplitude comparison function. Right. So now, given a certain amplitude, I should be able to tell what the frequency is. Okay. Okay. So this is a principle. So now, based on the principle, we can develop what is called as a frequency synthesize frequency detector right? right and these frequency detector again cannot be bigger bigger right we need uh, instruments that are smaller nobody wants things to be bigger we all want smaller devices right so finally when that has to happen we go to the nanoscale level and then we incorporate everything on ship because these days uh, these days uh, most of the stuff like uh, lasers or modulators or couplers everything is available on ship so we can finally make a device which will be of nanoscale uh, dimensions right so okay. that's pretty much what I do. So I don't exactly work in nanoscience. It's just that my principles, the principles of my experiments can be applied in the nanoscale regime. That's interesting. So it sounds to me that you do a lot of interesting research and you have a lot of uh, interesting experimental setups. So if you had to pick one experiment that you're most proud of, an experiment or a project that you're most proud of, 
Uh, could you pick one and explain it to us in, in super simple words in the section we call In Other Words? Hi. So there are the two experiments that uh, is very close to me. Uh, the okay. first two projects that I started in my lab. Mm -hmm. So what what happened was uh, one of the nonlinear optical processes that I uh, study in lab in single mode optical fibers. What I mean by single mode optical fibers are optical fibers used in telecommunication. Right. Okay. So uh, what I do is I study a process called uh, stimulated Brillouin scattering, which is similar to Raman scattering. Okay. Right. So right. this is a phenomena which looks at the interaction of photons and phonons. Okay, okay. Uh, phonons are a quanta of vibration. Like we know that photons are a quanta of light, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. phonons are a quanta of material vibration. Right. So I look at the interaction of photons and phonons in the material, and mm -hmm. then uh, the difference between the only difference between Brillouin scattering and Raman scattering is the frequency of the phonons involved. Okay? Right. Uh, so when we were doing the experiment, we wanted to see the spectra of the scattering process because any scattering process is characterized by a certain uh, spectrum. Okay? Right. So mm -hmm. one day we were just doing the experiment. I was really sleepy. Uh, it was, I don't know, it was 3 a.m. in the morning and I was still in the lab and doing the experiment. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> I was seeing the spectrum the spectrum is expected to be uh, a lorenzian which is basically a symmetric profile but mm -hmm. instead i started seeing certain asymmetric profiles in over there mm -hmm. okay so but i was like uh, probably i'm hallucinating or it's an experimental glitch so <laughs> i was not very sure of that but i had recorded uh, these uh, asymmetric profiles right. but then the next day when we were repeating the experiment in the morning uh, i happened to see the asymmetric profiles over and again mm -hmm. so uh, i and my professor we started discussing over it and then uh, we then concluded that such effects have been previously observed in physics and these are called as fano effects okay mm -hmm. fano effects were uh, described by a theoretical physics physicist called uh, ugo fano uh, mm -hmm. in 1960s if i'm right so uh, that's what we observed but what makes it really interesting and what makes it uh, tick for us is that uh, in all the previously observed effect like like wherever fano effect has been observed so far the effect itself or the frequency of the fano like line shape was dependent on the geometry of the material or the material of material in which the experiment was being performed but mm -hmm. in our case it was completely independent of the geometry of the uh, material which is basically a single mode optical fiber and is also independent of the material itself which is basically silica mm -hmm. right so we can actually observe the fano like line shape over a range of frequencies and in any kind of structure we have so now instead of single mode optical fiber if you give me a ring resonator which is a kind of resonator which is which has a structure of a ring we'll still be able to see this fano like line shapes and mm -hmm. another reason why fano like line shapes are important is because we can use it for applications like uh, notch filters and switching which are of uh, importance in area like uh, telecommunication electronic warfare defense uh, radar etc okay yeah. okay yeah. 
All right. Oh, that's, that's something that I liked. Ah, okay. I hope you talk about this on the while you're curating the Real Nano Twitter account as well. Wonderful. Um, so let's go a bit away from the experiments and go to the uh, to the other parts of a scientist's life, which is teaching. Right. So do you teach courses? And if you do, like which which all courses do you teach? Oh, I have taught a couple of courses uh, in the university and uh, I've done a range of courses, but one course that actually is very close to me uh, for which I took a lot of effort is optics, right. the basics of optics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I taught the course twice for uh, bachelor students in the university. Right. Uh, so we showed them experiments and stuff like that okay. over there. But then uh, if given a chance to teach again for the master's students or uh, if at all, you know, like after PhD, I get a job right. and I go for teaching, I would like to teach laser science and nonlinear fiber optics because okay. th- those were the two courses which actually pushed me from master's into PhD. So, okay. yeah, I would like to do that for others as well. <laughs> ah, that's that's really nice of you. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> So I, I, as I mentioned before, you, it sounds like you do a lot of interesting experiments. Uh, um, so I hope that your research experience so far has been wonderful and it will continue to be amazing in the future as well. However, if you had three wishes to improve it, what would you ask for? And I'm not promising anything here. Okay, just put it out in the universe if you wish. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know that these three things are not going to happen now. Or, or actually, I just have two wishes, uh, which maybe if it had happened before or just after I had joined PhD would have been wonderful. The first thing is that uh, I got my lab one year after I joined my PhD because uh, I'm my professor's first uh, PhD student and my lab was not yet ready. So I basically wasted uh, like one and a half years not doing any experiment. I was just uh, I wouldn't say wasted. I did do a lot of literature survey and all that. But it kind of, yeah, exactly. But it kind of, you know, like you enter an institution with a certain curiosity. But then over time, it starts, you know, kind of going down. So, right. uh, So that didn't work for me. And in second thing is that uh, since, again, I'm the first PhD student, I don't have a senior in lab, not just a senior, uh, a colleague in lab who works in the same area as I work. So it's either Mm -hmm. me or my supervisor who has to come up with an idea to work on in microwave photonics. Uh, So... That's a problem because I think uh, discussion always improves the quality of science you do and it can, uh, you know, steer you away from the wrong direction. Or even if you if it steers you into the right direction, it it's it's you know, you always feel motivated when there is someone else to be there for you in the lab. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But otherwise, uh, I had a real great fun in the lab. My research, my supervisor is like perfect. He helps me and he's very understanding and all that. My juniors are sweet. So everything else is good. Wonderful. All right. So going from the past to the future. So what are you looking forward to in the next three months now? Uh, fortunately, I've finished most of my experiments. A very small part of my last experiment is left, uh, which will take 
about like 10 to 15 days but i don't have the instrument to do the experiment right now so that is not there in the list but other than that i've started writing my thesis so it's a lot of procrastination yay (laughs) so every day i sit in the laptop and i'm like okay what should i type now (laughs) so that's your goal for the next three months to write your thesis the next three months that's the goal and uh, i'm planning to do a bit of psychom in the meantime because psychom is like my you know motivation so i'm planning to do my own little outreaches in the schools nearby and all that so that would help that's wonderful that's wonderful okay cool before we let you go what we want to understand from you is uh uh, what are this, the the big challenges or questions that are faced by by the field of science at the moment? What do you think? Science is growing at a rapid pace. People tell that, you know, like uh, most of the science that is required is already done and so on. But I really feel that, you know, science is feeding technology and technology is also growing at a rapid pace. But right. in optics, I uh, won't address for the entire science together but uh, for optics the bigger question is to address the telecommunication crunch we actually do have a telecommunication crunch because we are greedy people (laughs) more and more (laughs) yeah so we have to see uh, what could be the right material to you know carry all the wavelengths or what is the right uh, wavelength regime to increase the bandwidth and so on and there's so much and there is quantum information quantum computers coming up Uh so there's a lot of things there's actually a lot yeah okay (laughs) wonderful i i I hope you you explain you explore or explain a bit more on the telecommunication crunch for our followers that would be wonderful so thank you siva uh, shakti thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us and we are looking forward to your time on real sand scroll nano Oh, thank you so much for having me, oh, you know, like, oh, hope, you know, curate, curate the account next week and it would be wonderful. <laughs> and thanks for giving me this chance. <laughs> Absolutely. It'll yeah. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening. To know more about us, please visit our website, realscientistsnano.org and follow us on Twitter at realsa underscore nano.